0: Get ready for your weekly dose of talent, strategies, and tactics from industry leaders to help you attract, select, and retain your top talent. You're listening to Verseek's Inside Executive Search with Steve Yakish and Scott Peterson.
1: Executive Search Podcast, my name is Steve Yakish, and this show is for business owners, board members, and executives exploring strategies and tactics to attract, select, and retain the very best. If you're not feeling 100% confident that you have a plan to do just this, keep listening. This podcast will help you get there. That said, I'd like to bring in Scott Peterson from Verseek Search.
0: Hi, Steve. Good to be back again for week number what, seven, seven, seven wow. or eight, yeah.
1: So as a recap, uh, we started with uh, a series around attracting, and you gave a brilliant uh, summary preview last week <laughs> <Wow. Brilliant. laughs> of uh, what we're going to be talking about in in the uh, coming episodes, which is all around selecting the right candidate and how to do that. So we're going to uh, dive right in and focus on who, meaning who should be the interview team, and and how are they going to play a, their part in selecting, helping select the right people?
0: Yeah, and, it, and it's certainly um, as you think about putting the right team together. Um, if you're doing it completely internally at your company, that's that there'll be a process around that. If you're using a firm, um, there'll be a slightly different process, um, and so we'll want to maybe compare and contrast those two as we go here as well, Steve. It's a good idea. All right, so let's start on, let's just pick a fictitious position. So let's just say we
1: or a company is recruiting a chief operating officer. So I'll set the table. So it's going to report into the CEO. Yep. CEO is reporting to a board of directors. Correct. And the chief operating officer is one of five direct reports to the CEO.
0: Yep, that's a common way to look at it, right? Yep. So that being said, who should be part of the, the interview team? Well, one would assume that everybody that reports, you know, that that is on the peer group Mm -hmm. would be part of it. Um, Certainly the CEO uh, that the position reports to, Mm -hmm. um, but potentially um, either all the board or some of the board members. It doesn't have to be all of them, but there could be some key uh, individuals that. Like to be part of the executive hiring process, or are part of the um, you know committee that deals with hiring executive. Sure. Um, but I also would encourage um, there to be people that report to this position as part of the process, and maybe not every is that? not maybe not every single person. But the reason being is you know um, there's a there's a there's a culture to that CEO group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a culture to the company. There's a subculture. And you want to really find a person that's best going to fit all of those things. So having um, uh, the constituency of, of, uh, of that COO's uh, area of that responsibility, I think, is important as well.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. And I think even if you pick out one or two and, you know, if you get feedback, hey, this person is going to teach me a lot. I love his or her way they approach this. It just helps validate what you're probably right. hearing during the peer interviews and or the CEO or board interviews, yeah. right? And also,
0: you you, you, ty- you typically see um, a representative from HR, again, depending on the position, it could be the, the VP of human resources. It might be the head of talent acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just depending on the complexity of the organization.
1: Okay. Well, y- you mentioned uh, the head of HR, head of talent acquisition, and that kind of goes into one where I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but okay. it's, it's a critical one, is you need somebody inside your organization really playing project manager and making sure that there's one single person gathering everybody's feedback. And more importantly, communicating with the candidates,
0: correct? Yeah. And, and so, um, you're, you're, you're right on Steve. Um, typically that's going to be someone, um, in HR. Um, it doesn't have to be, uh, if you are, uh, using an outside firm, um, the firm usually is that one to project management. Um, meaning they they coordinate the, the candidate schedules, they understand their compensation structure, that kind of stuff. So again, internally, typically it resides in HR because there's some confidentiality around mm-hmm. the position and or compensation benefits. Um, but also if you use an outside firm, they play that role. Perfect.
1: Okay. So I know we internally at Verseek, we really focus on making sure there's alignment in, in three key areas. Right. So there needs to be... a obviously a job and skills fit um but the other two are just as critical it right. has to be a good culture fit and it's got to be a good career move for the candidate so i'm gonna lob that back to you so yeah. as as you're putting all of your interviews do you subscribe to everybody's interviewing for everything or do you pick out this group is interviewing for job fit this per, this group is you know culture it, fit what's what's your thoughts
0: yeah i think it's well i think it's inefficient if everybody asks the same questions um, and, and there be, the list would be too long. Uh, meaning Steve, if you and I were interviewing a candidate, Steve, we'd want to focus on our areas, maybe of expertise or, uh, interest. Sure. Uh, maybe it's, maybe you've been with the company for a long time. So you're, you're the, uh, the historian. The historian culture guy, right? So you'll, mm-hmm. you'll drive into that side of, of the candidate and see what in his background is a nice mesh for motivation. Okay. Mine might be, I'm a technical, uh, person in, Engineering, which you're not, which, we'll I'm, that. <laughs> which I'm not. But let's let's assume for a moment. Um, and so maybe I'm going to dive more deeply into his technical ability to manage an engineering department or an sure. engineering group, right? Yep. That kind of thing. Okay. And so it becomes just more efficient, um, and and really drives more uh, alignment that way in terms of the question, the process.
1: Perfect. So going back to the previous, our project manager. So let's say it's the head of HR. Um, how do you subscribe if I'm the the, the 10 culture historian guy um, am I giving feedback on a scale of one to ten am I just giving commentary how do you organize or give direction to funnel the right information to whoever's kind of project manager yeah it really
0: starts before the interview start with here's the questions we want you to ask um, and here's sort of a criteria uh, based assessment yeah you know and, and we've all we've already been Pre-talk to uh, maybe it's by the project manager, right? The, mm-hmm. the hiring project manager. Here's how we're going to evaluate our talent based on culture. Here's the questions. Here's the assessment. Same with technical. Same with um, you know cultural fit, long-term motivational fit, all those things. But everybody will have a set of questions that is consistent from candidate to candidate. So Steve, you'll ask the same candidate the candidate over four or five candidates the mm-hmm. same questions and the same evaluation. Perfect.
1: So talk to me about timing. Uh, we alluded to it in our preview, right. the, the importance of and keeping the momentum of the interview process going for the candidate experience. But talk about how that's beneficial as somebody that's interviewing and evaluating candidates.
0: Well, yeah, certainly. And and with all the stuff that's going on in companies, right, it's, it's how do you make sure that the same team of interviewers is part of every single interview? Um, and it's really about pre-planning, Right. Um, if Steve, we got five candidates coming in, I need to block Steve's calendar five times in a short period of time to get that done. Um, And so there's a commitment level if you're going to be part of the interview process that you have Mm -hmm. to give back to the organization. Um, If if there's too much time between interviews, it affects your decision process or your evaluation process. Um, And it also affects the candidates. So again, if candidate one came in on January 1st and the last candidate was seen on April 1st, that was the first round was done. Mm-hmm. This candidate on January 1st, likely not interested anymore, likely probably got another job or is going to stay where they are because they didn't like the process. And that told them internally about the culture of the company didn't fit with their expectations. Yep.
1: Well, too, and I think
0: it was episode five. It was It's that employment brand
1: too, right? Those right. are, if I have a bad experience because there's, significant amount of time in between step two and three and I lose interest now I'll, I'm not going to represent your employment right. brand very favorably
0: you know if I'm in talking to somebody six months from now right and I think I think the best the best way to control that is communication right yeah. so if there's going to be some time in between make sure that you communicate and and, and tell that first candidate you know we're, we're still going through the process uh, it was spring break time, and we're we're going to be kind of re-engaging um, after spring break because of people's schedules. I think most people are going to be understanding of that as long as they've been communicated with. Um, outside of that, to uh, constrict the interview time, at least for the first interviews, is is critical uh, to keep everybody engaged, including the internal interviewers as well mm-hmm. as the candidates.
1: Yeah, and I think too, you know, again going back to that project management component of it is. You know, if there is two weeks in between, that's okay Mm -hmm. if the candidates know that ahead of time. Or I also give a lot of uh, recommendations of providing commitment of feedback. Right. So again, if it's going to take you five days to get a candidate interview feedback, that's okay if they know it. But if they're expecting it day one, you know, a day after or two days and now you're delaying it another three
0: days, that's when you lose candidates as well. Yeah, I think it's just the key. It gets back to communication. I mean, when we we take on these searches for our clients, we have a weekly um, standing call with our clients to go over a weekly dashboard. Mm -hmm. That same thing can be applied internally too. Um, So whoever is managing the process really needs to lay out the timeline and see where you're at in the process from sourcing of candidates, the attraction, Mm -hmm. to the selection and then and the, the, onboarding. Ultimate, yeah. the onboarding, the ultimate selection and, and hiring of the person. So I'd encourage uh, internal uh, companies to have that same sort of set of expectations of here's my timeline for hiring this position mm-hmm. and, and stay on track as much as possible. And if you get off track, just communicate that that's what happened to the candidates, as well as internal interviewers, too, sure. because it could push their calendars around a bit as well. Okay.
1: So I'm going to give you a interview process and theory and pull calls and, and if this is the right one or if you would do it differently. So, uh, again, chief operating officer role, reporting to the CEO with four peers, and this role being the fifth, yep. board of directors. So come in, first interview, right with the CEO,
0: or do I start somewhere else? Um, <clears throat> I would say yes, right to the CEO. Because if you don't have a connection there, mm-hmm. all the other interviews will be a waste of time.
1: I not agree with you more. And so
0: that first interview might not be, you know, a group of 10. It might be a group of four. And then as you come out of that group of four, now you've got alignment with CEO and candidate. Mm-hmm. Candidate's excited. CEO's excited. Now you do the remainder of the either team that works for them or the peers, um, and you just, it's a much more efficient process So when you're, you're getting someone that wants to come and work there mm-hmm. and you have a CEO that's excited about the candidate. So yep. they got to be part of that first process.
1: All right. So the CEO interviews the, the candidates first, they then go on to their peer group. So maybe in teams of two or one-on-ones with the, the team of four from there, then we're having some of the staff that is going to report into the role and
0: give their flavor yeah you know again it all depends um but but i like i like having one or two key employees maybe a new employee in the area and and then maybe tendered employee in the area sure get their feedback um you know most of the time that's not a yes or no it's a validation validation um but yeah that's that's how i would sort of flow with the process okay there's a good as a good best benchmark perfect and then you wrap it back up
1: with the CEO in a formal, informal, over dinner, drinks,
0: happy hour. What do you recommend? Um, again, can vary a lot, but I like a, a formal finish mm-hmm. with an informal uh, congratulations almost. Or okay. Hey, we're at the end here. Any final thoughts, any final questions, concerns? What did you hear on your other interviews? But make it over dinner, um, you know, uh, where it's a little less informal, mm-hmm. uh, a little less formal, I should say, more informal. Yep. And, um, you know, it just kind of gets that nice feeling at the end because they're going to be working together. Yep. And I
1: this isn't technically a who, but it, and we'll get into it in, in future podcasts. But, you know, a lot of uh, organizations are inserting a assessment and that yes. may come with. You know, if it's a full industrial you know, assessment, yep. you may have a psychologist that's <clears throat> interacting with the candidate right. probably towards the latter part of the
0: stage. Yeah. So, process, yeah right? so our recommendation is, I mean, um, there, there's a lot of studies out there that there, there's over almost 80% of companies now with over 100 employees are doing an assessment at the executive level of um, hires. Mm-hmm. Uh, that number is only going up according to research. And so... Yes, be prepared that you're going to do assessments and, and your candidates should know that coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, going back to communicating. Going back to communicating, setting it up the right way. Again, if you're using a firm, the firm will obviously explain that to the candidates um, as well. And then what what is the assessment? Like what does it involve? Is it, involved? Is it a, just an online one, which takes an hour or 30 minutes? Or is it the full industrial psychologist, like you said, which is a full day uh, of, of going through, just, yeah. Yeah, just going through a whole different process? Um, and we've seen every, and every variation in between, mm-hmm. um, but assessments are here, I think, to stay. And I think they're great validation tools mm-hmm. um, that companies have found a lot of value with. All right. The only person
1: or people part of our interview team that we haven't talked about is the board of directors. Mm-hmm. So do you bring them in prior to kind of that informal or I should say formal uh, meeting between the CEO and the candidate? Or when, when do you recommend yeah. the board coming into play?
0: Yeah, I would, I would say you bring the, the board into play when you have your final two, two or three candidates, right? So if okay. you had a, a, a panel of six candidates you're reviewing and now you're deciding between two or three, that's when I'd bring um, kind of that, that advisory, uh, mm-hmm. either the advisory board or if it's a public company, the, the real board mm-hmm. um, into, into play and, and use their le- years of experience um, at companies they probably run uh, to kind of validate those final candidates.
1: Yeah, and I, I've seen it too where the board will um, again, it's not a yes or no, but really draw out, like you said, just given their years of experience and expertise, a few additional questions to arm the CEO with when he or she is going through that final interview. right, right. It can be a great tool for. And, and,
0: and to be honest, the board's motivation is something different. They're ta- They're thinking succession planning too. Yeah. They're thinking about who is the next person that can step into the CEO. If something should happen to the CEO, doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're doing a bad job. It's just what they're if? always looking yeah. at the what ifs. Absolutely. Perfect.
1: Well, that's going to wrap up the who. Um, we'll obviously address the, the when and the how and the what, um, along with the selection bias that can come right. into play and how to uh, give you some strategies on how to not let that come into play. Um, in future podcasts, but that, that will wrap this one up. So as always, you can, um, if you like what you hear, uh, subscribe to our channel on Apple podcasts and Spotify and coming soon to iHeartMedia and Google play. So that will wrap this one up, Scott. We uh, we got another one in the can for <laughs> one more week, and uh, we'll do it again next week, huh? That sounds uh, sounds like a plan again. Cool. Well, if you got to get a hold of uh, Scott, uh, feel free to look him up on Verseek.com or they can find you on LinkedIn. Sounds great. We'll talk next week. All right. Talk to you then.